welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. I want to talk to you this morning um, on the subject of change. Somebody say change. Everybody's going, oh my goodness, I don't like where this is going already. And um, I wonder, I'm going to have you open up to the book of Joshua if you have your Bibles. The first chapter, we'll be reading a couple of verses from there. I'm going to start reading uh, right now. So if you'll pay attention right now from verse 1, it says, Après la mort de Moïse, serviteur de l'Éternel, l'Éternel a dit à Josué, fils de Nun, serviteur de Moïse, Moïse, mon serviteur, est mort. Maintenant, lève-toi. Passe ce Jourdain, toi et tout ce peuple, pour entrer dans le pays que je te donne aux enfants d'Israël. Right, oh, sorry, I'm reading, I'm reading to the wrong congregation, sorry. Uh, uh, well, anyway, all right, now it came to pass, all right, after the death, I need to just freshen up on my French Bible, it's uh, every once in a while, praise God. I just wanted to make sure y'all were paying attention, and you were. Now it came to pass um, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun. Uh, that wasn't to say that he had no sons. It was just the son of Nun. Uh, Moses' servant saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore arise and cross this Jordan and all this people to the land which I'm giving to them, to the sons of Israel. You guys can just hold that there and stay there. I want, to, I want to then quickly shift over and you can write this down in your notes. And um, I actually never thought about that, but I did copy and paste this during the service. And it's so applied to this man over here, Jeremiah chapter 18, verse one through six. The word came to Jeremiah from the Lord saying, arise and go down to the potter's house and there I will announce my words to you. Then I went to the potter's house and there he was making something on the wheel. But the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the hands of the potter. So he remade it into another vessel. Come on, somebody say he remade it. As it pleased the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Can I not, O house of Israel, deal with you as this potter does, declares the Lord. Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. When I want to talk about change here this morning or the challenge of change, how many of you know people don't like change? No, I'm serious. You know, when, when we were confronted with having to move from across the street to come here, we were also facing, we didn't know we were going to be having this building, this building that was sitting here for the entire duration while we were at the event centre, literally across the street. We didn't even know. I mean, there was a for lease sign. I drove by here all the time. There were signs for all the businesses on this building. And there was one little building that never had a sign. So I thought, I'm not even going to bother because that's not going to be able to fit what God is wanting to do for our next phase. And so I left it until I actually drove onto the property 
after our lease on the other side was about to end and we had to renew it, they had to ask, they were asking us for more money on the lease and then they were asking us to change our service time from 10.30 in the morning to nine o'clock in the morning. So we thought to ourselves, well, you know what? If we absolutely have to, we know that we'll have a roof over our head to be able to congregate and come together, but that's not our first option. So we went up the street to the ballroom, the Broussard ballroom, Keith's ballroom, whatever you wanna call it. And we actually secured a deal there. The problem was, is that there was not enough room for the kids. Um, And I don't know if how many of you have ever been into Keith's ballroom? All right, so a few of you have. If you go, it's a great big, beautiful ballroom. Looks like you're playing a big game of chess on the floor. Um, It's just black and white checkerboard tiles. And then there's these big steps that go upstairs and that's where the bride usually gets ready. The bridal party and all that go upstairs. And we were gonna put the kids in there. We thought there's no ways we're gonna be putting the kids in that room because no bride will wanna get ready once our kids are done in there. So we then now drove onto the property, looked here and looked through the windows and discovered the sign on the outside for, for one of the businesses. They had already left. They just never took their sign down. And so we discovered now we had this section and that section open and we were like, glory to God. But just before that, I'm just giving you the story. I remember being on the other side and I spoke a word of the Lord over us as a people that we are crossing over. You know, not not even thinking about what was gonna take place. I was talking about we're crossing over spiritually, we're going to another level. <laughs> that was one of those other levels. But what I didn't realise is that the Lord was literally crossing us over. I mean, we crossed over the street to this side of the street because God had a building sitting here. It was here the whole time under our noses. And I bet you, everybody that drove by that needed something a little bit bigger thought the same way that I did because there was no sign. Somebody said, well, just go have a look. Just go look. Oh, come on. Anyway, so I don't wanna go there right now. The point of the matter is, is that I was facing the decision of, because until we had a building secured, we were facing having to go to a nine o'clock service. People don't like change. People will not come back to church because you shifted the service by an hour and a half. I'm just being real. Some of you are going in this room, well, that would have been great. Hallelujah, why didn't you do it? And the other half was like, no, I don't, no ways. I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna have my beauty sleep and I'm gonna go, don't mess with me. So we just decided so that we don't shake things up too much. We wanna keep the time at the same time as, as much as we possibly can. The point of the matter is people don't like change. And there's a beautiful picture when we're talking about Jeremiah and, and the potter and the clay And I like the way the Bible says that the one vessel was ruined. Hallelujah. Somebody say, we all all need need ruining. ruining. Do what now? We all need ruining. We all need to be ruined. And we all need to come to the end of, basically I'm telling you, we all need to die. I'm talking about your flesh. 
We all need to come to the end of ourselves and what makes us comfortable. We all need to come to the end of ourselves so, so that when, you see, the, 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 when you come to the end of yourself, you come to the place. And this is what I'm talking about. When you come to the end of yourself and you begin to manifest what God wants for you, just before that happens, you'll find yourself saying, man, I just... I just don't, I can never get this right. I'm done, I'm exhausted. In fact, you're thinking mentally, emotionally, I've done everything that I can and I can't do it anymore. And guess what? That's when He was ruining you. And when I say He wasn't ruining you, you were ruining yourself. And that's a good thing. Because when you begin to get, when, 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 when the vessel, when that jar of clay is ruined, it's basically you coming to the end of yourself. When you come to the end of yourself, that's when God can begin. Yes. And right there, your life is ruined. Come on, there's the destruction of one life in the sense of not destruction and death. I'm talking about there is the, the, the pulling down of one and that is a picture of salvation in the next part where He comes and He rebuilds. So now there is the new creation. Oh, come on. And He's taking that new creation in this earthen vessel and that new creation by the help of the Holy Spirit and the revelation that's coming from here to here. You see, it's not coming from here going down here. It's already here coming to here. And then this begins to begin to take on what's here. And, and, and we are being formed and fashioned into vessels of honour, fit and ready for the Master's use. Come on. So God, in order, in order to go where you've never gone before, you've also got to be prepared to do what you've never done before. In other words, in order to step up higher, some things are going to change. You know, we all want and say, hallelujah, glory to God. How many of you want change? And, and some of you are going, yes, but you really don't because at the end of the day, there must be adjustments. There must be corresponding adjustments to when the Holy Spirit comes in the form of a visitation in your life. Otherwise, the touch of God remains exactly what it is. It remains a touch because if you don't allow the touch to produce a change on the inside of you, then you will become very touched. <laughs> Come on. A touch remains a touch. And if you do nothing with the touch, all you are is touched. Are you with me? He said, I need to repeat it. See, God's touch, God's touch comes, but it will produce change provided that the vessel yield to the hand of the potter. Because God is desiring for your progress in Him, for your growth in Him, for your expansion in Him. And I usually always like to say that when I'm talking about the potter and the clay is that God, He is the potter, we are the clay and the agenda of God 
in, in shaping us and us allowing Him to shape us is, remember this, is so that we become greater containers of His glory. God's desire in the process of forming that vessel is so that, come on, our capacity grows. So His only agenda is that we become so full of the revelation of what He's done for us that we become large barrels and containers of His goodness that we are are oozing out that as He is filling us up and our cup begins to run over and over and over, everywhere we go, we spill over into the lives of everybody else. So you're with me. So the agenda of heaven to stretch you, can how many of you realise that, that doing some exercise and to get to the next level in your muscle, sometimes you've got to do what you've never done before. You've got to lift up that kind of like a radically heavier weight. Maybe you're doing less reps, but you've got to stretch that muscle so that it tears, so that it can begin to grow and form a bigger muscle. Are you with me? And it's the same thing in the, in the Spirit. Sometimes the stretching doesn't feel comfortable. In other words, the change doesn't feel comfortable, but it is for the glory of God that is in you to be made manifest through you in a greater capacity. So the motivation of heaven for change in your life is for your growth. It's for your good. Hallelujah. Now, when we slip over to Joshua, he's still in Jeremiah, but that's fine. When we slip over to Joshua in chapter 1, I want you to understand something major is going on here. In Joshua chapter 1, Joshua is now taking the baton. Somebody say Joshua is taking the baton. So there is a changing of the guard. It says there, my servant Moses is dead. And I want you to understand they are facing a situation right now where the people's confidence and security has been in Moses. It's what they know. I mean, they've been with Moses. Moses, I mean, he came with his rod and I mean, they saw the miracles and and, uh, the pestilences and they saw uh, the miracles wrought by the hand of Moses through the rod and by the anointing and the grace of God working. They saw, saw, come on, the the parting of the waters by the the staff of Moses. They saw the cloud by night. They saw the, 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 I mean, the cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night. They saw manna. They saw, you know, the what is this manna? What's what? It, what that's what it was called. What is this? And and they see all the miraculous. So 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 they're seeing now. Okay, Moses is dead. Everything that we've seen God do has been wrought through the servant of the Lord Moses. And so there is change, and there is an uncomfortableness. Amen. And ultimately the purpose of God in flowing through the servant of the Lord Moses is ultimately to bring God's people to the land of milk and honey. To the land that He promised them. Are you with me? And this is the whole purpose here. So Moses 
couldn't step forward into that promise because we understand, uh, I mean, we know that Moses struck the rock twice. He did it one more time that God asked him to do it. And he actually misrepresented God because when he struck the rock twice, Moses was angry. And he was telling the people of God, that God's angry with them. And God said, strike the rock once. And He misrepresented God to God's people. Are you with me? He acted on on God's behalf without God's approval. And so obviously He misses the promised land. I'm just saying He misses the promised land and and thank God. Somebody say, thank God. God. We don't live in that era. Say, thank God, God. I am a child of God God. in the new covenant. I am a new creation. creation. Say this with me, Moses Moses. didn't have have what I have. have. Say this, I'm a new creation. creation. Say this with me, the Spirit of the Lord Lord. rested upon Moses. Say, I have the Spirit of the Lord residing in me not just upon me, in me. You have more than what Moses did. Oh, come on, somebody. And he says, my servant Moses. So people are in a great place of being, there's a stretching going on. They're uncomfortable. A new season, a new era is dawning upon them. Guess what? Because now God has selected Joshua to take them in. Joshua and Caleb, of course, we all know the story, how they go in, they come back full of faith knowing it's not impossible. They're gonna go take territory. You've heard me in our heart here. You know, when when God speaks to us to go into these cities and towns, we're not going asking for permission. It's like, you know, I don't see anywhere in the Bible that uh, the children of the Lord and God's servants went down into the city to try and get permission from the giants so that they can take over the land. No, we, we don't need to ask for permission. Either heaven has spoken, you have God's approval. If God said it, that's it. That's the only approval we need. The only approval you and I need is the stamp of His approval because if He says, go do it, you go do it. You don't need the approval of man. You need the approval of God. That's it. That's it. We're not trying to negotiate with religious devils. We're not sitting there and negotiating uh, to sit there and say, and then try to tone down our message because some guy believes this and that one believes that. And so now we got to tone down because we're now becoming, you know, uh, this uh, false unity thing. We're going to get together and we've got we to walk on eggshells so that we don't offend this one. No, 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 honky. We've got to come in with the truth. That, if you think that revival is coming on those terms, it's not coming. If you think the awakening of God's Spirit is coming, by playing false unity games. It's not coming. The difference is gonna be somebody that will come in like a voice in the wilderness, somebody that will come in and say things exactly how they need to be said. And it needs to be a challenge to the status quo and it needs to challenge them into changing the way that they think about things because we're all praying for revival, but nobody's wanting to change and get and preach the truth no matter what people think.
That's not the army we're building. We're not building an army full of pansies wanting to come together in false unity. I'm sorry, I'm sorry I'm saying that. I'm just telling you right now. You are a royal priesthood. You are are chosen, a chosen generation. You carry the fire of God. And let me tell you right now, the fire, the, the the lion is fierce. He has a roar and he is one of authority and power. And in order for us to possess the land, it's only going to come by preaching the truth of the Word of God. That is the army that we're raising up. We're not raising up a feeble people. We are raising up a people full of the power of God who know their God and will do mighty exploits. Come on now. And it's okay, because I know I've been in meetings, but I get so excited, the fire of God hits me in my feet. I've started running around. And I'm not saying, that's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm not trying to collude with you. Moses was equipped for his time. And I know I've been over some of this stuff before, but the Spirit of the Lord said, I want you to begin to talk about the challenge of change. That there was, there was a, a certain, you know, we've anchored in. And so we, we struggle sometimes because we're still trying to hold on to the old and, and, and we're not wanting to let go of the old when we've stepped into a new season and a new dimension. This is the hour of the Joshua. This is the hour of the, this is the Joshua time. Come on. It is the time for the Josephs. It is the time for the Joshuas that this is the season that we are in right now. Come Come on, are you with me? And, and Moses represents the old shadow and, and, and Joshua represents the incoming of the new. Come on, Moses, Moses is a type and shadow of the law and he represents the law. He is the, 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 the epitome of the law and, and Joshua is a type and shadow of Christ. Ultimately, by the hand of Joshua, they end up going in and taking and possessing the land that God had given them. Are you with me? It's time to to shed the old wineskin of religion. It's time to shed the old wineskin. And, and it's not just necessarily that, you see, the, the problem is, is that not everything that Moses did was incorrect. Moses functioned in an authority, in a time, in a season where God was moving in that particular way. And that was good for Moses. But Joshua was another man in which the anointing would flow differently. Are you with me? And that, was, that which was good for Moses was no longer good for Joshua. And if it was, wasn't good for Joshua, it wasn't going to be good enough to take God's people into it. And part of the, the part of the challenge that we face is, you know, just in in just in the very simplicity of of even talking about this performance thing that we're talking about here today.
Because we're not moving, we're, we're not an army of people. <sighs> Jesus, help me. We're not an army of people that are moving forward. <clears throat> we're, not, we're not putting any performance. There's no, you know, it's like almost like people struggle because they find themselves coming into an environment that has freed them from that performance, but they don't know how to, how do I, how do I connect with this? Because I've only known in order, I only know how to do things for approval. How do I do this? Because the approval thing's not gonna work here. Because we're gonna look at you the way God sees you. Not on, we don't look at you for what you have on offer. We look at you the way He sees you. You're not qualified because of what you can offer. You're qualified because of how He has designed you and how He has made you. And you are a brand new creation in Christ. And we free you from, from all of those performances from wherever you've come from. That was an old wineskin. This is a new wineskin. And in order for you to become a new wineskin, you've got to let go of the old so that you can walk in the new. God is looking for an army of people who want to. Did you get that? Yes. The other, the other one skin was this is what I'm gonna have to do. God's not looking for people who have to do anything. He's looking for a people whose desire is to want to do that. Why? Because when the want to comes, it can only be because of one reason: you were freed from performance. So now you've fallen in love with Him because He loves you outside of your performance. And all you can do to respond to His goodness is to want to live a life that pleases Him. You want to live a life that's going to live it out, live out loud. Come on, laugh out loud, live out loud. LOL. I was texting years back, probably about eight years ago, when, like in the fairly early stages, it was Facebook was already out, and um, there was some lady on Facebook, and I actually sent an LOL because, you know, it was cool because I could say LOL. And April said, babe, how can, you, how can you do that? That's a woman. That's not going to, how can you say that to a woman? That's not going to be perceived very well. I said, what are you talking about? I said, I'm laughing at the statement. She meant, yeah, but that means lots of love. That's not LOL. <laughs> it's a true story. So now we do, uh, I send her LOLs. <laughs> but come on, you know, we, we don't want, we don't want, we're not, we're not, we're not building on that pattern. There was the mosaic pattern and now we're building on the Christ pattern. We're building on the new one skin. 
How do I know that's the right wineskin? Because when the Bible talks about that passage, nobody takes new wine, the wine of the Spirit, and puts it into an old wineskin. Because the old wineskin cannot contain the re-fermentation process. It's already had its process. When the wine was poured into it a long time ago, it went through its stretching process. It went through all of its process. When you take new wine, put it into an old wineskin, it's going to end up bursting or tearing. But you've got to take new wine and pour the new wine into a new wine skin. Yes. The new creation becomes filled with the Holy Ghost and power. You see, you see, what am I saying is the new wine skin is greater than the old wine skin because the new wine, actually, the new wine is greater than the old wine skin because the new wine actually bursts the old. In other words, it's too powerful for the old. Amen. And by the way, I'm looking at some of you here. When I'm talking about new wineskins and old wineskins, this has got nothing to do with age. Amen. 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 <laughs> Was that you? She said she appreciates that. Well, you know you're a new wineskin. Of course. I'm glad you appreciate that though. Come on. I'm almost done. I promise. Change is always uncomfortable. We prefer to stay in comfort zones and places of safety. Change is essential to keep us forward and moving into what God is doing. Change is an opportunity to grow deeper in faith and experience everything that God has on offer. We've got to be willing like the disciples of Jesus to contend with His Word. And when Jesus says, get into the boat, we're crossing over to the other side. Lord, have mercy. I'm talking about crossing over one more time. Maybe the building's on that side of the street now. <laughs> Maybe we should start looking for a building on that side of the street. Oh, that would be hilarious. I'm just saying. Not impossible for God, though. They, they do have open fields. Yea, verily, tent, tent. But, but the point of the matter is, is that, you know, you've got to be willing to get onto the boat. And you've got to be willing to contend with the Word of the Lord because Jesus said, get on the boat, we're going to the other side. So what did Jesus say? We're going to what? Okay, so when Jesus says you're going to the other side, what does that mean? You're going to the other side. Does that mean it's a guarantee that you're going to the other side? It's, it's a certain guarantee. When Jesus said, get on the boat, we're going to the other side. So in the middle of going to the other side, if there are even storms coming in, guess what? It doesn't matter if there's storm. Guess what? They were freaking out because they thought they were gonna die. Jesus was sleeping on the boat, but He said, we're gonna go to the other side. And instead of having faith in the one that they just came from witnessing a miracle, 
miracle of feeding the 5,000 with five loaves and they just saw miracle. And Jesus says to them, get on the boat, we're going to the other side. Now they again are down, they've just witnessed a major miracle. And instead of being in faith that the one who produced the miracle to feed like approximately 20,000, if you include the women and children, if they just looked at the miracle He just did, that it would have provided them with enough faith to say, He said we're going to the other side, but instead they thought they were gonna die. They became afraid. Jesus was sleeping on the boat in the middle of the storm, but He wasn't concerned because He said, we're going to the other side. He knew without certainty, it doesn't matter what the winds and the waves say, we're going to the other side and you're gonna go to the other side. Are you with me? How many of you know that going through a storm isn't wonderful? It's not a nice feeling. It doesn't make you comfortable. It's a whole lot of change that we don't want to experience, but we have to put our faith and our trust in the Lord that He said we are going to the other side. In Him, all His promises are yes and amen. And if there are things that He has said to you concerning your life that He has promised you, then you cannot look to your present circumstances. Jesus is sleeping on your boat. Why don't you go sleep right down next to Him and say, I'm going to the other side. Come on now. The one who called you will carry you and will complete his good work in you. And all we've got to do is trust Him, listen to Him and obey His voice. Trust Him, listen to Him and obey His voice. Trust Him, listen to Him and obey His voice and sleep in the middle of the storm. I tell you, there is nothing that will irritate your enemy more than in the middle of the storm that you go, okay, he said I'm going to the other side. You know what? I don't care what my situation is right now because in any case, what can you do in the middle of the storm that's gonna change the way it winds and the waves? I mean like, okay, so, so what can you do? You can have faith in the one who said you're going to the other side. And when you sleep and go, I'm just gonna rest in God right now and my God will deliver my victory into my hands. What you're doing is you're putting Him in a position to deliver you and bring you to the other side. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, I'm glad I came to church today. Hallelujah. I'm gonna behave, it's exactly 1229. Glory to God. And what was said needed to be said. And that's it, Jack. That's it. We've said it. Come on. So I'm trying to tell you, get ready. Don't get too comfortable. Don't get too comfortable. You know, we love comfortable. We don't like things changing. We fight change. And let me tell you, fighting change is probably the worst enemy of your growth. There's nothing that will... That, that will hinder your growth more than an opportunity or a challenge coming your way and you just not wanting to, to, to work it out. How many of you have had a lot of things to do in a day 
and <clears throat> you procrastinated and you just left it for another day and it's still there. And, and you know you're going to do it, but it's just in the back and you're just pushing it off. And, and you know the, how many of you can identify with that feeling? Okay. Like... <laughs> I mean, you know, so for instance, I had, there, were, there was the, water, the big water tanks in the back of the, the church there that yelled the jugs, whatever you want, tanks, barrels, whatever. And, and, uh, and I had like two or three, they were starting to accumulate in the back of my truck. And I'm like, I'll get it when I need to get it. I'll just go put it in storage and switch them out. And they were there. Then something else got into the back of my truck that I needed to deal with. And then I had a whole bunch of stuff in the back of my truck. But I... I said, okay, that's it, I'm done. So I went and got everything done. And how many of you realise that when you actually don't feel like it, but you go and do it anyway, you feel a sense of, ah, praise God. It's just at every level, mentally, spiritually, every part of you, there is a peace in the equation because you have taken care of it. Are you with me? And so you discover that Sometimes your greatest victories are when you don't feel like it. Your greatest accomplishments. And so what does that mean? When you do something, when you don't feel like it, you've just grown a little bit more. Amen? And for the church, what does that look like? Because you've got to understand our heart and culture here is we are a family. You know, one of the things that I always hear from always, always as, as this house is that people feel loved. People feel cared for. People feel, you know, they come into an atmosphere. And it's not just, we're not talking about us. We're just talking about the people themselves. You will go and you will make somebody feel welcome. You will go and love on them and you will make them feel celebrated. Like a family. And that's the way we are. And at no shape, no given time, as God begins to bring the increase, will that ever change? Why? Because that's who we are in our DNA, as our culture. We are a family. And you can't put limits on what the family looks like. Are you with me? How many of you know some families had 12 kids that produced another 30 kids that produced another 100 kids? They're all family though, right? You can't put a limit on what God wants to do. The key is finding our place in the transition of that change. Because we've got to make room for God's intention. We don't make room for how comfortable we can. Let's not get comfortable. Amen? Say this, I'm a new wineskin with new wine. I'm a new creation. Say everything that heaven has on offer for me. I want it. And the last statement I'm going to make is you can't go sit under the cloud of an old wineskin thinking that you're going to be able to be a new wineskin. I'm just telling you, You've got to plant yourself as a new wineskin, if you believe you're a new wineskin, and you've got to sit into, uh, you've got to sit yourself in a house where new wine, where new wine is being poured out. Come on. 
You're coming and you hear the sound and you're going, I'm celebrating what I'm hearing. It's liberating, it's freeing. And God is building an army. I need to be a part of this army. Amen? Amen. Come on. Some people just want to go sit on a massive cruise ship. And, and just somehow enjoy the comforts of the cruise ship. But they never want to be a part of pioneering. They never want to pay the price. And the reason why is because they don't know their value and their worth and their contribution to the Kingdom of God. That they are, they are able to be more effective in something that is being pioneered than something that's already been built and established. Oh, You will find more worth and God can do more with you in that environment to influence a movement than sit on some, let me tell you right now, the cruise ships are great, it's beautiful and you can rest and relax and you don't even have to do a thing because you're cruising on the cruise ship. But let me tell you right now, to try and, because, to try and think that you're going to turn that cruise, let me tell you right now, to turn a cruise ship around is a very difficult thing. Come on. This is a grassroots movement. Come on. We are a grassroots movement. We are a grassroots move of the Holy Spirit. And God has sent us as a people to be a wind of heaven and of fresh air, bringing people outside of the shackles of religion, restoring them into the freedom of why they were saved in the first place and remind them about the joy of their salvation that they have now lost because their whole salvation has become running on a treadmill the whole time. And that's all they, they their whole, their whole walk with the Lord is about running on some treadmill and we're going to rob you of that. We're going to tell you, we're going to take the treadmill, we're going to burn it and say, forget about the treadmill. That's why you're so exhausted because religion has put you on that treadmill. Would you get off of that treadmill? God came and visited you apart from you. You knew that when He came into your life, you could do nothing and, and you needed Him and without Him, you could do nothing. And so why don't you just stay in that frame of mind that without Him, you are still nothing. That the same grace that saved you is the same grace that will keep you and He is the same one that will empower you. Now that you are in Him, allow the grace of God to work in you in a place of rest. God never tried to get any of His children to try and earn and deserve everything from Him. They want Him to come like children running boldly to His throne room of grace saying, Father, I thank You for Your goodness to me. We need to be bold in our coming, not feel like we have to run a 10 mile marathon before He will ever listen to us. That is the sound of freedom. I'm Pastor Mark Movies, and I approve of this message. God bless you. Thank you for coming to church today. And, and one thing. Is the hand of the Lord is on you. 
in a heavy way. God is working in you. And it's like, I just want to tell you, the Lord says you have stepped into a brand new season. It's a brand new season. God says the days of striving are over. That is the old where you felt like you had to work from the sweat of your brow. God says, no longer will you strive and no longer will you toil. Even in my my relationship with you, says the Lord, I have caused you to step into a new season and I'm gonna cause the... Everything, the treasures of the, 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 the treasure on the inside of you, this treasure that is in your earthen vessel, God says, I'm gonna cause it to come out and I'm gonna cause you to shine bright like a diamond. Excuse me for using song lyrics, but that's what came to me. You're gonna shine bright like a diamond and God says, healing is coming to you. And I'm not just talking physical healing, I'm talking about emotional healing. God is bringing an emotional healing, an emotional healing to you. And God says, I'm making you whole. God says, I'm bringing you back to whole, completed in me. And and God, so He's rounding you off in every way. And God says, in that season of Him rounding you off, God says, all these things shall be added to you. And when He says, all these things shall be added to you, God says, you've been waiting on some promises. And God says, I'm going to cause those things to come right into your lap. I'm going to bring you the desires of your heart. I'm going to bring them to pass, says the Spirit of the Lord. So I release the Word of the Lord over you. I bring forth and I call forth the destiny of heaven to come forth from you in the greatest capacity you have ever seen in this brand new season. And I declare and I prophesy to you that you are a brand new wineskin and the Spirit of God is pouring brand new wine. And God says, I hear the word metamorphosis. God says metamorphosis. You are completely, there's a metamorphosis of revelation that is shifting you, changing you, and bringing you into this new thing. And I just see you shining bright. And just like I prophesied earlier today, that just like Saul, it's like people will not recognise you. There's gonna, God says, there's a radiance of my glory that is gonna come on you. And people will say, what did you do? And they're gonna think it's maybe your makeup. They're gonna think it's maybe your clothes. They're not good, but you're gonna be able to tell them it's me. The glory of the Lord is gonna make, His face is gonna shine upon you in the most incredible way. So get ready, get ready, get ready for this day, this day you step into the season in the Name of Jesus, says the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. And I've noticed the cloud on you the whole time. And this is not a bad thing. This is a very positive thing because God's doing such an amazing work on the inside of you. In fact, I just sense an excitement in my spirit for you. Hallelujah. Well, God bless you, everybody. If you want to sit and stay, because I know the glory is over here. You want to stay, you're welcome to say we'll not force you. If you are giving, the offering, come on, that's the glory right there. It's okay. It's the anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, you may something, as long as it's less than five minutes. <laughs> Go Go ahead. And then when I found him, is it on? Okay. It's not. Now it's on. Um, 
I went to the house, the first house. And the third time I went, uh, I told him, I'm home. That meant I ain't leaving. I don't know if he understood. I had been searching for someone like him. Then I went to the second house. Change did not bother me. Then I went to this church across the street. Then we came here. Didn't bother me. I knew one thing. We were never going to the ballroom because we were not crossing over to go to the ballroom. I didn't tell you that then, but I knew. Well, it's a little bit late now. Well, I know. <laughs> well, I let you make the decision. I didn't want to tell you anything else. <laughs> so I just want to tell you, change doesn't bother me. But when he could move to Timbuktu, I'm coming. He ain't losing me. That's, an, that's the heart of a soldier. Yeah. You're enlisted in the army. Yes. Come on. You You're said. in the battalion. I'm in the battalion. Okay. Come on. But I just wanted to tell you no, about that. No, that's powerful. Thank you, Miss Jackie. We love, we love Miss Jackie so much. Let me tell you. If, you want, if you're ever needing somebody to pray with you about anything, you go straight to that lady right there. She will lay hands on your head. And she will pray for you. And mountains move when she prays. And Miss Charlotte here. Let me tell you, she's a powerhouse for the Lord. We love you too. 80, 82, right? Thank you. 89. That's what I thought. I just wanted to compliment you. 89 years old. We get to meet her, go to Olive Garden not that long ago. 89 years old, shows up at the mall. She parks, reverse parks at 89 years old, walks out, struts her stuff and comes and sits down at the table and has lunch with us. 89 years old, ladies and gentlemen. Powerful. And you get around her, you can do nothing just but just wanna hug her and love her. She is the sweetest thing in the world. Of course you are too, Jackie. All right, I'm just saying. All right, God bless you, everybody. If you are giving, just so that you know, if you're here for the very first time and you are giving, make your checks out to DRM. Uh, for your offering or Destiny Revival Ministries. Um, the offering basket is to my right, your left. And then those of you watching by way of live stream, just before we end, you can go to www.destinyrevivalministries, click on the Your Support button where you can give safely and securely. And lastly, if you wanna text to give, text the word GIVE to 337-434-3777. And if you need that number one more time, just go to your video, rewind it by 15 seconds and watch the video on the screen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. We love you all. God bless you, everybody. Mm -hmm.